Welcome to Parks and Rec episode 86. And uh, a lot of people almost got 86 here. Thrown out? Eh, good. All right. Well, whatever. It's the uh, episode 13 of season five, Emergency Response, written by Norm Hiscock and Joe Mandy, directed by Dean Holland, and aired on Valentine's Day, 2-14-2013. Ah. I'm Joey. I'm Haley. And I'm Sean. And uh, Sean, perhaps you noticed this, but this episode hit a little close to home uh, in terms of what's going on in the world right now, as there is an avian flu pandemic within the episode and a coronavirus pandemic in the real world right now. Right. We've never done a, uh, a drill of sorts within the, uh, like, a, a pandemic drill like they've done. We've only done fire drills and uh, a bomb drill, but nothing, nothing this massive. So, uh, but yeah, and it, it just so happens that we're living in a pandemic right now in real life in 2020. Truly. And uh, we'll get into those drills because I'm excited to see how yours go. Mine just seemed like, uh, fu- you know, fire alarms going off 14 times in a row. And then right when they've been silenced and everyone gets back in, they go back on again um, because half the time it's just, you know, poor electricity. Poor E. Electricity. And Sean, before we hop into the trivia, last week you were participating in a flip cup challenge virtually. Oh, man. And yeah, I think we need an update. I got destroyed. I think we played a, um, it was the best out of five. I won once the first time, the first round. <laughs> and uh, then went like, over after that. It was a, uh, it's a big letdown. Um, I, I thought I was on my A game, but um, some people are just better than you are at certain uh, activities. So I think my I took my loss. I, um, I there's no shame in second place, even though second place was last place in this event. Um, but you know, we can only get stronger from here. You know, just keep working, keep getting uh, better uh on the court and you know come back come back with a better game the flip cup court did you decide to use your coffee table and ruin it or did you go in the kitchen so yes i did use the coffee table um so i had it set up to where my uh my ipad was my screen and camera so the ipad was on the couch facing towards the coffee table i was on the other side of the coffee table with my cup set up so that there would be no doubt of um my uh the, the way legitimacy out, you can see all my cups um so that none of them were hidden but uh i'll just leave that one there you know I, everything was <laughs> oh it was clear when i was done well sean a valiant effort in the old flip cup and we look forward to improved success down the line but for tonight what are we drinking let us know joey what you got well, I, I'm drinking a pale ale, which is not normally my forte, but Sean, you might appreciate this. It's a Parks and Rec ale yeah. from Zilker Brewing Company. It's pretty good. I've had it multiple times. Oh, excellent. To represent for the uh, the old Parks and Rec. 
it's pretty solid uh, as yes. far as pale ales go. It's not normally my jam, but uh, it's got a bright, crisp, citrusy pale ale. Well, I guess it's also, I mean, that's the description. Yeah. So Perfect it's also one ninety nine. That's true. Yes. There's a giant uh, price tag still on it. I've noticed he uh, bought a, I'm dripping everywhere. An individual I'm dripping springs from HEB. He got like a grab a six pack and put an individual beers into it type of thing. And that was one of the ones he put in. Although I do I wish guess. they would uh, adjust the sizing pa- packaging on here that says perfect for a lazy day in the sun or after a dip in Barton Springs. And we should not be encouraging that. We got too many dumb people right already going. So. so for this particular can, like when they sell them, do they provide any proceeds or anything? Or I'm not aware of any relation to the Austin Parks and Recreation Department. Okay. And this uh, Zilker Parks and Rec Brewing Company beer, India Pale Ale, whatever Pale Ale kind of is. But yeah, I don't think there's any relation. Oh, okay. Just wondered since it had that message on it. Well, yeah, maybe you got to pull a Leslie Nope and get that ball rolling. Speaking not me, of- it's not up to me. <laughs> Speaking of rolling balls, it is time for trivia. Okay. And uh, you're actually going to get a little bit of a choice in this, but oh. we'll, we'll get to that once we get there. So question, well, before I start question number one, we uh, will remind everyone basically of how trivia is working now. Sean, give us the scoop. So trivia now, uh, since we're no longer in the same location, uh, Joey will ask three questions each to Haley and I. Um, I no longer have the old boy Mickey Mouse Disney World buzzer. But we do. <laughs> so I will get asked a question. If I get it wrong or unable to answer, Haley has the opportunity to steal and vice versa. If uh, Haley gets the question wrong or is unable to answer, I'm able to steal. And so at the end of the questions, and I don't know what we're going to, but when we're done, uh, somebody's getting the cookie cake, but I'm losing by a lot. So it looked like me so making <laughs> that purchase. Uh, either way, we're excited to gorge on some cookie cakes. Um, You're excited. <laughs> that is your favorite food. It is pretty great. I don't know if I'd say favorite food, but top. Top five. Top five. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, here is your first question. And as a reminder, Haley is winning seven and a half to four and a half thus far because there's been some ties. So, of course, we have halves. It's very clunky, but such is life. In the cold opening, Leslie is showing an acronym. Who's this for? This is for you, Sean. The word spells out dynamite and each letter as as is the case no with acronyms no way <laughs> each letter has uh, a, a different word assigned to it what does the t stand for i picked t and e because they were shown multiple times in this cold open because basically anytime jam is talking the screen is behind him so you <sighs> did you did see both of these at least four times i know what the e is Oh, well, maybe you can steal it from Haley because she's got a blank look on her face. Oh, okay. Uh, the T was time friendlyly, something like that. Uh, that is incorrect, but uh, uh, what was the word? Dynamite. Okay. Dynamite. Haley, for the steal, do you know what the T was? 
what is can what is the acronym about? <laughs> it's about her proposal for the park and mm. that it would be dynamite. Yeah. And then she explains why through an eight pronged approach. Uh, youth involvement. For tea? Oh, are we doing tea? Yes. I don't know why I thought it was why. Um, tea would be um I have nothing for tea. Uh tea is uh what'd you say, timeliness? What'd I said say? I said time friendly. Time friendly. Okay, so I shouldn't say that. Um yeah. Terminator. That is incorrect. It was tourist attraction-y. Okay. Mm. As you'd always want Pawnee to be. And Haley, your question is what does the E stand for? In dynamite. Everyone loves it. That is incorrect. Sean, your chance to steal. Eco-friendly. That is correct. Sean taking a one-nil lead as we move on to question number two. This one can be a two-parter, but I only need you to give me one of these. Okay. Andy and, well, Andy is trying to become a police officer, and he's in the waiting room being waited to be tested, chanting it up with April, and April's quizzing him on a few different things. What are the first code for Sean? That's your question. What is the first code that April tests Andy on, and how does he remember it? Oh, boy. Um, I think... Is Haley getting the second code? <laughs> or the first? She I is. She is. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> um. Uh, I don't want to say this one because it might be the second one. <laughs> if I get it wrong, let's go with uh, Arson, and he remembers it. I don't know. It was like French toast or something. Well, that looks you. The face you made makes me look wrong. All right, so <laughs> I missed that one. Okay, um, the first one is breaking and entering. No, no. I'm Dang. sorry. The first one is assault and battery. That's it. Oh. A 35-42, which he remembers as 35 assault shakers <laughs> attacking 42 batteries. Mm-hmm. And Haley, what is the second code that they get tested on, and how does Andy remember it? I'm supposed to know the number. I mean, you could just know what it is. The second one is arson. That is correct. And oh. he remembers it basically the same way, that there's salt shakers. Burning. Yeah, doing something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Salt shakers and batteries lighting a building on fire. <laughs> That's how he remembers it. 533 of them. <laughs> and then here's the choose your own ending. You can either choose what you feel more confident on uh, Leslie Nope's fake news show that she does or Ron Swanson answering questions during Joan Calamezzo's show. Uh, so the score is tied one to one, right? Score is tied one to one. So this will determine the, the fate of the free world. Let's go with Ron Swanson. Excellent. Haley agrees. Oh wait, th- we're, I don't understand. What are we doing? I just, uh, I don't know. Sean gets, Sean gets the pick because he's losing. So yeah, you're both getting Ron Swanson. Oh, then I'm cool with it. Excellent. 
Uh, but yeah. I'll let you throw the tiebreaker can be Leslie if both of you get ah. this right and or wrong. Okay. All right. So Sean, Ron Swanson names three movies that he has seen. You'll get a point for each movie that you can name. Shit. That's not a movie. <laughs> not one of his uh, favorites. I don't remember the movies because I remember him saying that his girlfriend has kids, so that's why he's seen the last one. But uh, I, I'm over pretty three. funny. I'm over for three. three. Oh, Haley, can you can you the, steal any of them? Well, the kid one is Herbie Fully Loaded, and I feel like one of the other ones is something about smoke or like fire or something. It's Bridge on the River Kwai. Hmm. So no. And then there's Different. also Patton. Is oh his, yeah, Patton. His third one. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So never heard of any thing. three of those. <laughs> You've never heard of Herbie Fully Loaded? What is that? Lindsay Lohan's finest role. It's a movie about a talking Volkswagen bug. It's like it's the movie Cars, car, but But she's different. the driver of it. And it's a remake from, I don't know, like a 70s movie. Never heard of it. Truly missing out. No, it's fine. It's it's a fine film. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. You know what I did enjoy was Turbo about the snail. Yeah, Turbo's that great. That races. Turbo is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. Uh, Haley, your question My here. Question. And really all you have to do is just not let Sean steal this. Crap. Uh, there's another part where Ron Swanson also lists three things. As far as I can tell, it's uh, his favorite book, his favorite type of ice cream, and his favorite musician. But it it could just be three random things, but it is a book, an ice cream flavor, and a musician. And what are they? Um uh, I have I I remembered that part of the scene, but I don't remember what he says at all. Like I can picture that event. Uh I'm just gonna guess Mm, chocolate for all three (laughs) (laughs) no just for the ice cream i guess that is incorrect okay go ahead sean the book was grapes of wrath correct um i don't remember the other two so i'm gonna guess for Ice cream, we're going to say Rocky Road. That is incorrect. It's chocolate chip. Damn it. I was going to say chocolate chip. <laughs> ah, I bordered on saying Any that. musician guess? Are you sure? No, wait. No. No musician guess. Is chocolate chip and ice cream? Not cookie? Like, Yeah, there's just chocolate chip ice cream. No. There's mint chocolate chip. There's not chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah, yeah it's just regular chocolate this, chip. Vanilla this, with chocolate chips. This chocolate. Okay. It, I promise it's real. Right, I've had I, it. It wasn't a dream, Sean. They have it at Baskin really Robbins. Happens. Oh, okay. Too. In addition, uh, they have it at Bluebell and other flavors too. No guess for the. Uh, no guess for the musician. Is it a jazz musician? No, he says no. It's a it's a no longer living musician. You can just tell us because we don't know. <laughs> is it Louis Armstrong? Johnny Cash. Oh, is it is it uh, Johnny Cash? It's Johnny Cash. Ah. Correct. Well, that's bad. And so a tie. 
so Unless you want to go to the tiebreaker. Leslie, no. All right, we'll go to the tiebreaker, even though I would love a tie, because then that'll get this score to eight to five, and it'll be a lot easier. But Did you already say it was eight to five? No, it's seven and a half to four and a half. Oh. But all right, we'll do Leslie's fake names. So Sean. Oh, God. When Leslie presents a a, uh, situation DVD of dealing with the avian flu pandemic, she does a whole little fake newscast and has a fake anchor. What is that anchor's name? The anchor's Jessica Rabbit Rubber or something. It's Rabbit with a V or something. That is incorrect. Oh, fuck. What is the anchor's name? Haley, do you have a steal? Yes. Destiny. No, it is Willow Tremaine. Oh, I do remember that. And then, Haley, your question is, what is the Would doctor's name? Does a Dr. M? No. Pretty sure. No. She's got a thick kind of Soviet accent going on. But I, I would argue this name is not very Soviet sounding. All right. Go ahead, Sean. Do you know it? I mean, it's very made up sounding, but such is life. Angelica. Pretty close. Donatella Breckenridge. And that was pretty close. <laughs> All right. Well, we did great. Excellent work. Haley with the eight to five lead now. Ugh. Since you both got half, half pendant of life. Didn't and who was, the temple. Who, who was the Jessica Rabbit lady? She does I'm like not, seven characters. I'm not making that up. I think, like, I think in the tornado? hot closing. Yeah, it was in the hot closing. There were a few more, yeah. Okay. But I did not. I was asking from the main episode. My apologies for not, not wow. specifying that. Wow. Wow. All right. So this episode. Yes. This episode has three plots or two plots. I feel like this episode is way more exciting than this trivia led us to feel like this. <laughs> Like, this was a good episode. I thought it was solid. Once again, the trivia, having to ask (laughs) each of you a question. I I feel like I have to explain this every episode because you're not competing against, so I can't ask something like super convoluted for one and then the other. Like, I try to keep it No, no, yeah, I get it. I'm I'm just saying, I think this was like a pretty, I liked this episode. It was one of my, you know, more favorite episodes that I've seen. And I just wanted that to be clear. There was some energy in the episode. There were some exciting things happening, I guess, plot-wise with these three plot points that Sean's going to tell us about. Yeah. Well, yeah. So um, <laughs> so the show starts off with Leslie uh, putting on a presentation uh, so that we can get a resolution to this park space that uh, she wants to turn into a Pawnee Commons with a... Jam was to turn into uh, a punch burger. Jam is a terrible villain, by the way. Like, at least, you know, have the villain be relatable at, at least, but no, not at all. Um, so she gives a presentation and she's a bunch of, a bunch of acronyms. It's great. Uh, it's uh, great for the community. Uh, Jam's presentation is pretty much having punch burger bring in free food for all the uh all those who are i don't know if that's city council i don't know who's like listening to it like the parks board or something but they're just jamming on burgers because uh that's all he needed to do in his presentation um 
And they pretty much tell you like, yeah, Leslie, yours is better, but you don't have you're $50,000 short. So you got to get $50,000 and we'll approve it. But if not, it's going to be a punch for you. So Leslie decides to, to throw a gala or gala, however you like to say it. Gala. Uh, or gala. Um, <laughs> gala. And they'll get, you know, uh, donations and get enough for uh, for the Pawnee Commons. But as they're getting ready to set up and everything, um, we learn, well, they get hit up with an emergency uh, statewide or citywide pandemic drill that which has Chris Traeger driving up in a police car just sprinting uh, in a panic saying, we're doing a drill and Leslie knows what it is. She's like, ah, today of all the days. Um, and oh yeah, I was pissed off this episode. <laughs> and y'all know why I was pissed off. Cause yep. I'm tired of them messing with Jer- Jerry this way. Like, come on, man, somebody, Donna, somebody step up and tell him like, it's not cause he's concerned about his daughters and his wife. And so he runs away in a panic and trips over a curb and he's like, Oh, somebody will tell him. And even later in the episode, uh, once he realizes it's not, he says he's almost a Muncie. It would have been nice if somebody would have told him that, hey, this was just a joke. But nah, they just blame him for it. And, and they was, say they don't have his phone number in their phone, so they couldn't call him. He was like, I find that hard to believe. I was very upset about this. Very. Anyways. Uh, so they go to City Hall and I guess all the bigwigs and Leslie and Jam and the guy, the guy's recognizable who's ever in charge of it. Y'all know who that is? The actor? Is, looks- oh, Matt Walsh from Veep oh. and NBA 2K17 fame, I believe. He plays oh, your okay. college coach in a video game. But also, he's in like everything. Yeah, he's in yeah. a lot of stuff. But he's in—I would say—Veep is one of his like better known roles as well. Like right nowadays, for sure. He—he's uh, the one that's, uh, I guess, putting on the drill. Um, and Leslie, Leslie prepared for this. She has binders. She has a DVD uh, where they act. She plays all the roles and the scenarios, so they all know what to do. And so Leslie's like, "We should be done with this in about ninety minutes." Um, as they're going through the scenarios, uh, the transit department uh, did not do what they needed to do. And so Chris Traeger ended up getting infected. And Chris is, he knows it's fake, but he's kind of taking it seriously whenever he's talking to the camera. He's, so it's just, it's weird. He's like, I'm infected and like smiles at the camera. Yeah, he's uh, really enjoying, <laughs> like he's really enjoying the kind of like drama and excitement of pretending that this drill is real. Um, but then he's also doing a good job of not, um, you know, pulling all those emotions that he would have previously been having into what he's doing right now. And he's like, therapy, it's working. <laughs> yeah. Had he been not going to therapy, he would have been uh, reacting totally different to being uh, very ill. Um, it turns out that the person that was in charge of transportation was Jam himself. So he didn't do his job. And so now... Chris is really sick and they're falling behind in the in the uh, in the drill here. And I guess one of the funnier parts is uh, Leslie has to contact pest control, <laughs> animal control via a video phone 
So the guy, I don't remember the guy's name. Do they say his name? I don't know if they do in this episode, but it's Brett. So Brett, Brett he's like, uh, Leslie, uh, he's like, oh, I'm talking to you through the TV or whatever. And uh, Leslie gives him instructions to uh, find all of the infected birds, which I don't know how you would do that because... I mean, I know it's avian flu, but how do you, yeah. you search every bird and like, oh man, we caught this one. You know, it was hundreds of feet in the sky, but we got him. Right. Um, thinking about that too. But uh, he receives his instructions and instructions are to kill all the birds that are infected. And he, you know, questions it kind of back and forth a little bit. I don't know if this is the quote of the episode, uh, but um but he wants he, to know how he's supposed to kill them. <laughs> um, but so yeah, um, he could fill a bathtub with water and drown them individually. Was one suggestion he that's has. Not that's not how he's gonna do it. Though. Shoot him! What what should I do? And he's like writing it down on his hand. And Leslie's <laughs> like, "This is not real. Do not go kill the birds." And he's like, "Okay, I'll I'll do it." <laughs> um. So when Leslie gets mad at Jam uh, for not pulling his weight, she's like, "Man, I should have let the, I should have let uh, them kill you first. And then he, res- Brett, responds like, "I could kill who? I could kill someone after I get done with these birds or something." Like that. <laughs> she's like, "No, shut up." <laughs> um. So the uh, the other plot is Andy is going through. It's getting tested for the police academy. Uh, Leslie, not Leslie, April is quizzing him in the hallway, the waiting room. Um, And as far as the uh, book answers questions, those go, he's he's got everything down. Um, He's memorized everything. He really wants his job. But part of the test is also like a personality test. He was hooked up to like a lie detector machine. Terrible, he's doing terrible. One of the questions is, what happens if uh, a, a kid asks to hold his gun? He says he's going to let him hold his gun because it's always a dream of his to hold a cop's gun when he was little. Wrong answer. Um, he didn't know how to answer his own name. Which was he the didn't. first question. <laughs> he didn't know. Uh, did he answer what happens if a dad gets pulled over? He said... So the question was, if you pulled a car over that was speeding and you saw it was your dad, what would you do? And he was like, oh, well, well, first I would be like, dad, you're alive. How did this happen? Oh, my goodness. And then it just like cuts to the tester's face and he's just being like, oh, my God, like putting his head in his hand. And then it cuts away. Yeah. Um, so you could tell he wasn't doing well on that part. Um Back at the te- at the drill, um, somehow Leslie finds out, or maybe because uh, no, because Leslie asked the uh, drill guy, he's like, yeah, hey, you're really like pouring everything out on us today. He's like, well, it was as of uh, Councilman James' request, and and like Leslie looks over to Jam, he's holding up a paper that says your move, so she figures out that he's requested all of this just to delay the gala and to screw it up uh, so that uh, they can't get the money they need for the park and he can put the punch burger there instead. And so Leslie decides to just 
all out fail <laughs> the drill once she realizes this. Um, they, I don't remember all they do, they just pretty much get everybody infected and everybody dies. Um, yeah, she does a lot. <laughs> Basically, yeah, any protocols that you would put into place to create safety, she does the exact opposite. Like she tells the whole fire department to do CPR on any infected and dying birds that they can find. She tells like, yeah, just as, as quickly as they can make things spread. Oh, she tells the hospitals to dump all the vaccines down the toilet, like all kinds of stuff. She has a tornado quake hit punny. Yeah. <laughs> a tornado quake. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was just opening the papers and I said tornado. And then the guy's like, Leslie, this was terrible. He's like, yep. Uh, <laughs> but they, but she mentioned before they've done it, they've always failed. And so it's nothing new that. Yeah, this is uh, eight years girls. in a row. 13 in a row. Oh, 13? Yeah. I thought it was seven and <laughs> this was eight. So there's nothing new. Um, so the, everybody dies, even Chris Trager. Well, Chris Trager was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm dead. <laughs> um, so while this is going on, Ben is the leader of getting the gala set up. So he signs duties. So he uh, tells Donna to go get chairs. She brings back one chair. And says, but she has right, a lead I'm... on another. But she has a lead on another. Um, Tom, Tom is in charge of getting uh, caterers, at least three of them, but for free, which is, man, that's tough. Like, yeah. That's a really tough task. I wouldn't know what to do. Um, he tries to go to one caterer, like a French restaurant. Um, but the caterer knew what it was for. It's like, I'm not catering this for free. And, but, uh, so Tom's going to like tell him off. He's like, you know what? And the guy was walking off, but he was like much larger than Tom. He's like, what Tom? What? And like rushes him. Tom runs away. Um, let's see. Jerry. No, Jerry was, you know, running the. He has no assignment because he's going to save his wife and children. Right. Um, Ron. Uh, is assigned to uh, go on Pawnee Today Pawnee Today with, with Joan Shin- Calamezzo yeah, uh, to uh, advertise the event when Ron gets well we're a little like skeptical not skeptical I oh yes what, of Ron being on the TV of Ron being on TV because you know him selling something especially for the government not good but he explains that he did he uh, can speak complete sentences and won't cry like a baby, which is referencing back to when Ben was on TV. Uh, so Ben says, all right, go ahead. And so Ron goes in there. I think this was my favorite part of the episode because he does really well. Because <laughs> um, he's dealing with a lot. He gets there and Joan Calmezzo is hungover from Cruz. She's very hilarious. Uh, her hair is all messed up. She's wearing a, uh, a skinny skirt and wearing sunglasses, can barely talk. She starts to show but then immediately falls asleep. So Ron talks about what's going on and then the producers tell him to uh, start taking calls. And so the calls he takes are just like, not about the gala at all. It's just like general life advice or what's wrong with Joan or this stuff going on like that. Getting to Um, know Ron. Yeah, just getting to know him. And he answers all the questions very confidently, uh, doesn't get frazzled, speaks complete sentences, doesn't cry. Um, and then he and, encourages people to attend uh, the gala at the end of his phone calls. He kept asking, like, after every question, he's like, all right, does anybody have any questions about the gala? He never got any. Um, these are actually, really all of these, I think, could constitute as quotes of the episode. But my two personal favorites are someone asks how to get 
uh, scratches their terrier, scratched their chair leg. And so he tells them to take a walnut and rub it into the legs of their table uh, to mask the scratches. And then the next thing you'll want to do is ditch the terrier and get yourself a proper dog. Any dog under 50 pounds is a cat and cats are pointless. (laughs) Which I don't know if I agree with that as the owner of two dogs under 50 pounds, but... I would it's say you certainly don't agree with Still that. makes me laugh. Still makes me laugh. And then I also like the other one of whatever happened to, hey, I have some apples. Would you like to buy them? Yes, thank you. That's as complicated as it should be to open a business in this country. <laughs> and so Ron does well. I don't remember what the other tasks were. There was Donna. There was Ron. There was... Tom's going to get uh, food. Yeah, he's going to go get the food. Yeah. He said that one. I, um, I, I think that's pretty much everyone. Because yeah, Chris cause and Anne are with Leslie. April and Andy are at the police station. And that's, I think that's everybody. Yeah, and Jerry's trying to save his wife and kids. Right. Um, <laughs> so Leslie leaves the, uh, leaves the uh, drill, drill session, goes to the gala, gets dressed up, goes to the, and is like freaking out with everything they need to do. But it turns out Ben did a good job of leading because they got everything they needed. They had a nice setup with tent, and Tom got food trucks of uh, Burgers competitors telling them like if they didn't show up, then Burger was going to get the space. So um, they showed out. Um, I guess Donna got chairs from somewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, and then as they're walking to the gala, she says, "Jerry, come back," and he's you know he just you know got done realizing that oh this was just a drill unless he goes jerry thanks for dressing up for the because everybody's dressed up black black coat black tie and nice dresses and jerry's just wearing the clothes he had on earlier because he is freaking out about his wife and kids Ugh. and she's all she can say about jerry is like thanks for dressing up for the sarcastically uh dressing up for the gala poor jerry and he doesn't even have time to explain and so the uh, the gala starts, and it's great. It's a great turnout. Everybody's appreciative. Uh, they receive the amount of funding that they need to uh, build the park. Which is crazy, because uh, it was like $50,000. So who are these yeah. people that came out for this? Yeah, with less know. than a day's notice, really? Well, I think it was like, they had a week at the beginning. So I think they were kind of planning it throughout the week and maybe doing a little bit of advertising. But it seems like they didn't have that many people committed to it until, I guess, Ron went on Pawnee today. Like, maybe that's where they stirred up some big donors. I don't know. Yeah. It must have been all wrong. Um, so they they got the money. And at the beginning of the episode, uh, uh, Leslie, Ben, and Tom were at Macy's uh, just get, filling out their wedding registry. Um, and so that's how they got the ideas. Because they didn't, Leslie didn't want anything on the registry. She just wanted enough money for the park. Um, and so now that they did that, they have three months into their wedding and Leslie and Ben are talking and Leslie's like, man, uh, three months is going to take so long. I wish you could just get married right now. So Ben just says, Hey, you wanted to invite the whole city, right? Let's get married tonight. Which, you know, I have some questions about where are you going to get the marriage license and, uh, who's going to, uh, who's going to, uh, what is, officiate the wedding like all that like you're just gonna say that let's get married tonight like there's a lot that goes into that (laughs) so yeah i'm sure they could find an officiant in the audience so they kind of just leave us they leave us on oh yeah it's to be continued and it says to be continued because 
I think they agreed to get married tonight. It seemed like it. We shall see. We shall see. The episode was funny. Um, I've never been a part of a drill like that. Um, the only drills I've done are just for the residents, which is a fire drill, which you start the fire alarm. You, wait, you got to put it on test first so that the uh, actual firefighters don't come out and say what the problem is. Uh, you put it on test, you start the siren, and you go out, and you tell people to get out. Because they they, nobody takes it seriously. They're like, guys, we're all burning up right now. <laughs> we got to leave the building and go report to this spot over somewhere. And so once we get everybody out, we have to make sure all the doors are shut, everybody's out, and then we stop the timer once we realize it, and we have to time ourselves. Uh, and the bomb drill, the bomb drill is the same thing. Well, not, you don't have the alarm, but you just got to tell everybody to leave, but not go to the fire uh, drill location. You have to go to somewhere else because if a bomber knows the, where the fire drill location is, they have to go to the secondary drill location, which if the bomber saw the drill, then he would know where both drill locations are. Dang. So I don't get the second <laughs> location. Yeah. But yeah, those are the only drills I've been doing at work. Well, dang. Thought you had a better scoop. I don't. I we were supposed to have cream. a fire drill mm, ice cream, chocolate at chip. work one time, but it didn't happen. <laughs> at my current job. I mean, I've had them at many other places, but we were supposed yeah. to have one one day. A what? A fire drill? A fire drill, yeah. Oh. Not ice cream. We've had ice cream, too. Mm, that's too bad. There was one time, though, that there was like... So they thought there was a chemical leak maybe in the area and so we were trying to figure that out because we were like if we evacuate then we're exposed but if we're in here it, I, it was a weird situation and it eventually got resolved but they told us to do a couple different things so it was kind of interesting how that all played out but luckily i think it was a friday so there's a lot less people in the building than there normally are on other days so it wasn't too bad not too shabby well that seems like a great time for a top five you get caught up in that. Top five. Joey today. Joey's got the top five today, and Leslie's fake little newscast got me reminiscing about my time at UMTV and interning at a couple different WPLG and WFOR, ABC and CBS channels out in Miami, Miami, where I went to college. And so I was coming up with my top five Positions on a TV show. Number five. There it is. Number five is the director who directs the entire show. And uh, my, I'd say my most frequent experience was this. With this was when we were doing our sports show, and we'd have a little uh, sort of panel segment where it would be someone inter- interviewing one to like three other people, and. Essentially, you're just cutting between the different cameras. You might throw in a little fade or something here and there. Obviously not going crazy with star wipes, despite the uh, fun I would have, at least, before <laughs> before the show, just like messing around <laughs> with the different wipes, just because there's a lot of different options, but all of them make you look very unprofessional, aside from a standard fade to black going to commercial. Yes. Number four! Number four is the technical director, which 
Usually the director is standing right behind the technical director's shoulder, although sometimes I guess if you have a real ragtag crew, this might be one and the same, Uh, although I could not imagine doing both at once because your brain would hurt. But essentially, as the technical director, you're controlling the entire board. So all the buttons that are laid out in front of you, I'm not going to lie, I don't know what about 40% of them did, but I knew enough and you could cut between all the different cameras. I particularly enjoyed hitting up that four shot, which was the kind of over the shoulder bird's eye view camera uh, that you'd go to at the end of the show and the anchors would pretend they were talking to each other, maybe throw some paper out a la Tony Reale on Around the Horn. Uh, I don't know if he still does that though. I haven't seen a new episode. Question. Yes. When, when, the, when TVs and game shows are like fading out and people are acting like they're talking to, are they like mouthing words or are they saying words? I mean, I think you can, I think you can definitely do it. Like uh, if you have a solid technical director, they have muted the microphones or, you know, lowered your volume. So whatever you're saying is not being picked up. But I would say for the most part, they're probably generally talking. I don't know if it's necessarily relevant to anything or related. I know one time, and, and we'll get to this, uh, but I guess I can just say it now. But uh, one time in the final show going into summer break... Uh, myself and another guy were anchoring and we had to vamp for like a solid minute, I would say, of just like shooting the bull and carrying it out. And so we just started talking about our summer plans and he said something about like dabbling in the food tasting industry or something to mean like I'm going to eat a lot. And it was enjoyable. (laughs) And then I, so yeah, we had to stretch out those goodbyes and then it cut to the like continue. And we were still just talking about food as it faded to black. There you go. But nice. don't say anything you wouldn't want to be heard because... Hot mics. You, yeah, you could have someone vendettaing with you. Number three. Uh, Sorry, three Sean. All together. Number three is the floor director. So we have moved from upstairs. I guess I probably should have said this, but generally your technical and actual director are uh, in a, a separate room from where your anchors and everyone is or else... That would uh, be a lot of background noise during the news, and it would be very entertaining, but probably hard to follow along with. So in our situation, the uh, production team was kind of upstairs and uh, had a big giant glass window where they could look down into the two different studios that we used. One was for the main news show. One was for kind of side reports and like the panel that I was talking about before. And so the floor director I always enjoyed because you're still connecting with everyone upstairs you're still interacting with them but you're out on the floor you're down there with everyone you can uh, make sure the teleprompter person knows what they're doing i'm sure by now teleprompters are completely automated but back in our day you had someone controlling it and if oh if they had a that a fast wrist good luck Uh oh good luck um but i i also enjoyed it because uh, a lot of the people uh, i believe most broadcasts nowadays especially the anchors also have um you know, something in their ear, some kind of IFB to have people talking right in their ear and they can say, hey, like breaking news or whatever. But when we did it, for most of the time we were there, we did not have that technology. So I was essentially the liaison, if I was floor directing, between the upstairs and everyone downstairs and very much enjoyed when a funny joke was said and I would just be cackling and everyone was like, oh, what was funny? And I'm like, no, no, no. You missed it. It's fine. Felt like I was part of an exclusive club. It was great. You moved on from that fast wrist 
comment too quickly for me to make my masturbation joke. So number two. Perhaps we just we knew it was gonna come, Sean. (laughs) 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 Number two, oh is uh, a reporter. (laughs) You get to go out on the field on assignment. I sometimes we did this was always my favorite is when we do like a live interview from the School of Communication courtyard. So it's like, let's kick it out like 25 feet away from where we're recording this broadcast of you like interviewing a president or something. Not of the United States, but like what? a class, class president. Shalala? Uh, uh, no, I never interviewed Shalala. I did interview our own class president, Lionel Moyes, who, shout out to him, is uh, at least as of a year or two ago, was uh, an anchor in Chicago. So nice. my, my parents would see him on the news regularly and say, hey, that's your classmate. And I said, yes. And he used to be our class president. And he, he was great because he was in TV. So he was very good at giving like solid interviews and oh, yeah. not rattling, rambling for hours on end like I'm doing here. But uh, the, the benefit of the, or the, the kind of bonus, I guess, of being a reporter as well is oftentimes we were one man banding it. Because that's kind of how, how you do it when you start. So that means you're bringing out the camera, you're setting up the uh, the audio and the shots and making sure that everything is delightful, capturing B-roll, getting interviews, uh, and just hoping that everything comes out straight and sounding good and that you don't accidentally record over something. Uh, and then many late nights editing in the editing bays. Uh, it was very... I, I can't even imagine how people did it back in the day of uh, tape-to-tape editing, because we did that for a semester, and that was really rough. I mean, it's just, if you've ever edited anything onto, like, a VHS or onto, like, a cassette tape, I imagine doing that twice, and not great. But now it's all computer-edited, and I guess some might argue that's more difficult and complex, but at least for me, it was a hell of a lot simpler. Did you see that uh, video of the, I think there's a guy in Montana, uh, he was uh, about to do, he got out of his car about to do a, a shoot at Yellowstone. And I guess there was a, a herd or a pack of bison coming. And so he's just, he's standing there with the microphone, he's talking and he looks at the corner of his life like, uh, nope, not today. He's like, I'm not messing with you. And so he just, you can see him put the camera in the car. And he just <laughs> If you haven't, it's a great video. You just check it out. I don't believe I have seen this, but I am very much looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, lots of, lots of great reporter, uh, different, you know, different memories from being a reporter. <laughs> I will also uh, give a shout out to fellow UM, Tom Murphy, who made the viral uh, waves a couple of years ago with, uh, he was a weather caster. I mean, he was kind of like a, just a general reporter, but also did the weather for uh, the Alpena, Michigan station. I don't remember which one, sorry, CBS, ABC, NBC, one of them. And which is, if, if you're at all familiar with the TV market size, Alpena is the third smallest. So very small uh, city and, Apparently, a lot of uh, people in their 60s and 70s is the demographic up there. And he went viral for just having a bunch of basketball and hip-hop references in his weather. So he'd say, like, Detroit is coming in with the 4-5 like MJ. And just lots of fun little references like that. And uh, I've seen that. Yes. See, Sean's seen it. It's gone viral. Or it went viral, I guess. It's probably past its peak now. But 
Tom always a great guy. And we, towards the end of our senior career, making uh, resume tapes where you have, you know, you reporting on the scene. We did have some stories that we included in there, but we're like, hey, we can kind of dictate the types of uh, sort of like, you know, man on the street slash uh, stand up parts that we have where it's us on camera. So we had us pretending to be ball, uh, ball boys for tennis. So one of us would like throw the ball onto the screen and the other one would be like, oh, I'll be right back. Like after getting it and very corny, but such a blast, such a blast to do. Number one. Number one. Sorry, Sean. I have one other reporter story. We're just reminiscing. Oh, it's very quick. Oh, so very is this quick. not number one? Very quick. Very quick. <laughs> for for a story, as as you recall, Sean, the Miami Hurricanes used to play at the Orange Bowl, a big old ramshackle type of stadium, and then they moved on to the Orange Bowl, or I'm sorry, to the I. Uh, what was it called? Landshark Stadium then? It's something. Landshark Land yeah. Sun Life. One of those. Where the Miami Dolphins played. So they upgraded from their own college stadium to a professional NFL stadium. And the big story uh, there was that you could drink alcohol in or purchase alcohol, I guess, at uh, the new Dolphin Stadium. And so I did a story about tailgating. And for the stand-up, did my line, turned and shot a uh, cornhole bag. And... Probably did about 12 takes, I would say. Couldn't make the cornhole at all. So ended up going with one where it was very close and everyone yells, ah! Like, so close. Fine, that wasn't worth that telling. That was so good. You know what? It was great. I had a good time. I got Number sunburned. One. Number one. I <laughs> Similar to reporters, I would throw anchor as the number one position in there. Uh, it's all the uh, fun of being on camera like a reporter but you're behind a desk. Uh, for a while, you could totally get away with, uh, as John Krasinski has been doing on his Some Good News, with wearing some kind of shorts underneath, uh, some kind of jammies, because it's only, you're behind a desk. It's just the top up, so you could wear suit on top, pleasure on the bottom. But then we started doing intros where we were standing up at the desk. Uh, there, we had like a standing desk, a la Sports Center. And oh man! I know. So then we had to wear full clothing. pants, full clothing. Very devastating. Uh, my, I'd say one of my most memorable anchor moments wasn't actually me, but a, a older classmate of mine. Where uh, we had a PSA where it was, uh, it's like the national anthem playing, and it's. I think it's just about like soldiers in general and like thanking them for their service, but it's like the national anthems playing in the background and it's you know a very dramatic one and one of these anchors for the entire time was like standing up and air guitaring like he was Jimi hendrix at woodstock just like playing along with the anthem and this was like my freshman year so i had not seen a lot of shows yet and the floor director is like counting down five four and he's still doing it and then he just sits down with one second left and he's like all right welcome back and just totally flawless and i I said, dang, that guy. That guy's a professional. Acting professionally. Yes, acting professionally. And anchoring uh, professionally. And anchoring professionally. There was also a time we did a report on Al Davis, who, Sean, as you know, I, especially when wearing a turtleneck, looks like a legit turtle uh, with his little head poking out of the turtleneck. And we did uh, a st- just a random little like quick story about Al Davis, and it had a quote from him. And so we cut to the video, and then it cuts back to my co-anchor, who's just laughing hysterically at the quote. And then he turns, <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, here's the next story. Five people 
are sad. Oh. Yes. Why were they sad? Just lots of great stuff. I I don't know. I don't remember the rest of that story. I just remember the laughter. Mm. Which is what we should all do. Is just try and remember some laughter. Yeah. Top five. You were caught up in my top five. That was great. I want to go watch some old old uh, stories again. Sean, I'll send you one uh, that we did about the milkshakes at Alex Rodriguez Park in Miami. Were you Joseph held or Joey held? The milkshake, man. I was Joey held still. Okay. Though I had some people say I should be Joe held. Sound Joe more, held. Sounded more newsy, they said. Joey holder. Yahoo. I'm Joey. And I'm Sean. And oh. it's time for Cat to go. I was actually being you as a kid. Cat, Cat to go. Oh, as a kitty cat to go. Because didn't you one time come home and decide that you were no longer Joseph and you were Joey? Correct. And you just said, no, I'm Joey. Yes. Yeah. Silly. Sure did. Credits on my babysitter doing that. Now, four categories. As you may have recalled, there was an avian flu pandemic in this episode. And so... Oh. This might be a real quick one, but we're going to do types of birds. That we saw in our yard today. Ah, oh, I was going to do that one. Go ahead. Cardinal. There was a cardinal in our yard today. Anyway, <laughs> Robin. I'm only going to know the sports team. A raven. Blue jay. Parrot. A seahawk. <laughs> <laughs> Eagle. Pelican. <laughs> uh, falcon. Penguin? Seahawk? I mean, seagull. I meant seagull, oh. guys. I really did. <laughs> Bagel. A chicken. A, ch- uh, a rooster. Flamingo. Quail. An ostrich. I was going to say that. Um, a, um, a cockatoo. A cockatoo? Cockatoo? Cockatoo. cockatoo. A duck. A cocker spaniel. Uh, no. A dodo bird not real oh no it's fine you it is i was just being silly a pterodactyl no that doesn't count uh, i mean you can count it if you want oh we'll we'll go with it um (laughs) (laughs) let's have it a uh, buzzard okay Mm, a vulture Mm, okay um a there's so many birds um a, a pigeon did we say that? We did. Oh, we did? Uh, oh, okay. Well, I'm out. Who said pigeon? I think Haley might have. I I did not say oh. pigeon. Well, someone said pigeon for show. I said pelican. Someone said pigeon for show. No, she said pelican. Nobody said pigeon. Someone said pigeon. Did you say pigeon, Joe? Maybe. I remember pigeon being heard because I was thinking, oh, I'll say pigeon. Let's and then play this back. No. How are you going to say, I'm going to say pigeon, but you didn't say pigeon? This is already going to be a mess. Yeah, and Sean knows he didn't say it, and I clearly didn't say it. All right, well, when everyone's listening and you say I pigeon mean, twice, that's fine. I did not say pigeon. No, it's fine. We'll keep um, it may have been said, but I am not the one who said it, is all I'm saying. But I mean, I'm out of birds. So. Grackle. Huh. And a crow. Parakeet. Did someone say raven? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's true. Yeah. I had another one in my head, but now I'm blanking on what it is. Gazelle? A mockingbird. What? No, that's a, not a bird. A gazelle is not a bird. <laughs> that's a not what I was. Goose, goose. <laughs> Good for the gander. Yeah. Is, is a goose a type of bird? Yeah. Yeah. Swan? A parrot? A toucan? 
I said parrot. Oh. That one I did say. <laughs> he said parakeet. Yeah. Anyway, we did okay, but there's so, so, so many birds. Sparrow. Swallows. Owl. Pharaohs. There's another one that's kind of like a pelican. A far fist. Yeah. What are those, <laughs> what are those little tiny ones? Farfetch is the worst. Is this- a chick. Chickadees. No, I don't know. I couldn't think of what it was. Anyway, yeah, birds. I don't know. A lot of birds out there. Birds, birds, it's going to gnaw at me, that one that I had in my head, and then it's gone. I think we got most of the sports teams, though. Maybe the Hornets. It's not a bird. Not a bird. That's more of a bug. You're right. I'm just thinking <laughs> of winged animals. I'm sorry. <laughs> winged critters. So that was the Chicago Bulls. Anybody say hawks? Caca. No. Or an eagle. No, I said eagle. Joey said oh, eagle. Okay. We'll, we'll play that mind. back. And I will be proved correct. We believe you. Thank Marlin you. Marlon Bird. Um. <laughs> Larry Bird. Fitting for Pawnee. Hey. I would have accepted that. <laughs> he is a type of bird. Yeah. And he's not white. He's clear. Okay. Also, that's uh, something I was alerted to today. I, even though I've seen Space Jam at least 80 times, but... A major plot point of that movie is the NBA season gets shut down because they think there's a virus oh, yeah. that is sweeping the nation and infecting these players. And dang, that hits close to home too. Yep. And Cedric Sabalos is on there. He's not. Vladimir Divac. Yeah. He's, they're not having it. Dale Harris. Anthony Pig Miller is in there. <laughs> what a nickname. Pig. <laughs> Have you been watching all the old games on NBA TV? What have y'all been doing this, uh, this uh, with your quarantine lives? My sister and I started watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and we are on uh, the third season now. Uh, and then Joey and my sister and myself and two of our friends did today over, um, I don't know, we tried a couple different things. We were trying to Skype, and then I think we did, what's it called? Google... Google uh, Hangouts. Google Hangout. Uh, we played Magic, which is a little complicated because we couldn't really see all the cards as well. Um, they had a pretty good setup. They had a camera that they could hang from, I guess, like their light fixture that was like zoomed down on the thing. So that was pretty cool because we could at least see kind of what they had out. Uh, but we just, you know, tried to make it work however we could. Uh, that was fun. We played one game and then we took a break and then came back and played another game. Um, and then yesterday evening, all of my, well, like all of my dad's kids and my mom, that sounds strange, but that's who it was. We were all, um, playing games over zoom. Um, so I have like a blended family. So it's like my mom's three kids and then my dad's other three kids as well. Uh, so we are all playing. Um, and then what else? We've been doing some work. Joey's been writing. He launched um, this writing idea thing. Yeah, I've been doing a fun little uh, creative writing challenge over on Medium where it's all just flash fiction, which has a few different definitions. And I think I've made it shorter than I need to be. But all of these stories are 300 words or less uh, based on a random word or situation. And uh, just doing it for about a month just as a, a creative outlet thus far. Uh, I've well. He's been trying to do the, one a day. As of the time of this airing, uh, I or of this recording, I should say, I have done one about orange, the word orange, 
the situation of bears eating pancakes on a road trip, and then the word butts and the word smooch, which is about not wanting to hold your baby. So he's been um, getting some like suggestions from friends and stuff about some words. So it's been so a have fun any, experiment. Y'all have any and you want to get a story written about your word. Mm-hmm. Shout it out. Parksrecpod at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Parksrecpod. And what have you been up to, Sean? Ooh. Well, today, alone. I played ah. so much Super Smash Bros. Oof. <laughs> I am, uh, my thumbs are uh, quite a lot of pain. Um, but I've, been, I've still been going to work, doing the uh, shower access thing, Monday through Friday. We have it Saturdays too, but I didn't work. Um, so yeah, I, I went to HEB this morning. HEB is our grocery store here in Austin. Um, it seems like the shelves are stacked back. Well, I went at 9 a.m. And so, um, yeah, the last time we went to, it seemed like there's some products that they had sold out of that aren't back, but it seems like a lot of the like standard items that people, you know, that we're going crazy about are, are always there. Like, yeah, I have, I have toilet paper, so I'm fine now. But I, yeah. I, I just peeked in the toilet paper out just to see what it looked like. And it was full of this no-name brand that I've never heard of uh, full of toilet paper. So somebody stepped up and there's, there, I mean, there was meat, there was toilet paper, there was canned goods. So I don't there know if we're kind of, the hysteria isn't over. Or it could have been because I went at 9 a.m. again on a Saturday morning when people were asleep. But um it was uh, it seemed fine, and so after that, came home, uh, ate breakfast, and then been playing Smash Bros. ever since. I'm doing the adventure mode. So the, on the adventure mode, uh, you don't get your, you only get the characters you unlock in in the map. And my favorite character is Link, and he, it took me 20 hours to get him. So <laughs> I've been playing with these whack ass characters. Just trying to get the link, and I finally got him, and now I'm wrecking shop. So nobody's ready. Nobody's safe. I'm now back at peak Sean Smash Bro. Okay, Shaughnessy, perhaps this is a very obvious sort of title for the next one, but let's see how it goes. The next one is called Leslie and Ben. Go. So the next episode is Ben and Leslie. Uh, it's going to be a to-be-continued piece, so what's probably going to be happening is... They're going to get married that night, so they got to get everything set up. They got to find an officiant. Uh, they got to make sure that they really want to do this. They got to, uh, let's have to freak out about it. And I'm out of time. Well, one thing's for sure. It's going to be a very jam-packed episode. Well, I guess it's not for sure, but we're going we're gonna to assume that it probably is. Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, think it's, your guess is pretty good. I feel like anyone's named after characters are usually pretty substantial anytime an episode's name yeah like ron and diane that's when they admit they love each other it's very precious i the uh bye bye little sebastian say goodbye to a legend oh yeah magical that was only for a second he wasn't even the main focus of the episode oh maybe he was he's the best damn little horse two different episodes yeah yeah he's pretty magical well in any case we cannot wait 
It sounded like you said can't not wait. We can't hardly wait. <laughs> Parks and Rec. This is the end of the podcast. It's over. You don't have to listen anymore. Podcast is over now. Thanks for tuning in. Close your app. Listen to the radio. Or listen to the next episode.